I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed. But my good friends is all I need. Pass out of three. Wake up at ten. Go out to eat. Then do it again. Man, I wanna I go to college, college for the rest of my life. Sip Bankers Club and drink Miller Lite. On Thirsty Thursday. Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Nympha Alumni. Happy summer since it's officially summer. I'm Biz. I'm with Alexi and Sam. And today's episode is kind of the sequel, the much-awaited sequel, perhaps, to a major part of the NIMPA alumni catalog, Bloquette. So it happens to rhyme with Bloquette, and it is Broquette, coined by Alexi, again. So Alexi, do you want to describe what Broquette is? Sure, yeah, I'm happy to be revisiting this. And we also mentioned this in, um, I guess, two episodes ago with our beloved friend ATL Grandma, but if you need a refresher, Brocat is, as Biz mentioned, the sequel to Blowcat, because I know we're all thinking, what are we to do in a post-Blowcat <laughs> world? Um, but the the analog is as such, uh, if the American version of a bloke is a bro, then the American version of Blowcat is the Brocat. So it's a portmanteau. Or a Portman bro, if you will, of um, bro and coquette. So rather than the cheekiness of British culture and allusions to Britpop and, you know, soccer, it's more about um, bro culture, frattiness and parties and, yeah, just being a bit of a douchebag, but in a cute way. Yeah, in a patriotic way. Yeah, and um, it's it's sporty as well. I mean, that's one thing that they also have in common. But instead of the World Cup vibe, um, it's a bit more about the Super Bowl and lacrosse even, you know, those classic all-American sports. Yeah, I feel like baseball coquette would be really cute. Um, oh, I know, right? But baseball's think- also a bit like, I feel like honestly, white people don't, they're not the main audience for baseball anymore. It's like Latinos and Japanese people. Japanese <laughs> yeah. people, yeah. No, they they really, um, which I'm happy about. I I really like international baseball, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how this could manifest in style. Um, okay. I think I, like a spring break coquette type type vibe would be cool. You know, like you know those guys that would wear shirts like neon shirts that are like party with sluts or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of making that into some sort of like trucker hat like hyper pop thing, girls could make it cute and coquette it up or something i don't know we yeah. should say, we should make shirts like that that are like cut out tanks that say party with nympha alumni yes. <gasps> Wait, just that's discussing an idea. yeah that would be really really cute um, i would love that yeah there's day glow colors the idea of like a themed party in general but not you know like today i feel like people will do like what's like a themed party that would happen in Bushwick like furry anime rave instead of that it's more like a a toga party or like a foam party or neon where you've got some like neon bracelets um blackout neon yeah that is definitely a very common theme Mm -hmm. yeah you would think that black black lights were invented during this period yeah you would I think 
bros definitely appropriated certain aspects from hippie culture and like created Spencer's, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Spencer's gifts, but that I think that has like a wider appeal. Mm-hmm. Okay. One thing that I, I wanted to kick us off with is um, just generally like the landscape of bro culture and how it relates to our more alternative topics that we've talked about. Um, so I feel like culture from like 2014, maybe on to now, feels like it's been operated at large by art slash fashion slash liberal arts school types. Um, last episode with Fashion Core, we were talking about the popularity of critical analysis, but also the Fashion Core 2.0 vibe of like Berlin, Central St. Martins, Balenciaga, the whole Eastern European takeover of the fashion industry, like a lot of Alcova, Demna, Gosha, etc. Um, and it was kind of like a mass alt period. Like once those four American apparel teams posted up against the fence with SIGs, like nothing was the same. So whatever happened to normie collegiate party culture in the 2010s? And I feel like there are a lot of reasons why it kind of died off or disappeared or became less mainstream. Yeah. Um, I was I was going to say, I, I think I want to date the end of bro culture with Macklemore's thrift shop. Like once mm. that song became a mainstream popular song, I think bros stopping bros and um, alt things became like more mass. Like Because that year was also when um, Iggy Azalea dropped her music and – um, more alt people like Charlie XCX became mainstream pop stars, you know? That was 2012, I think. Yeah, 2012, 2013, yeah. Um, I think it was definitely st- still going on after that. But once, like, the, I think we all witnessed firsthand, like you said, kind of the alternification of basic people at these big Southern colleges. And it was definitely happening then. Like, mm-hmm. people were kind of maybe going outside of just getting their Hawaiian shirts at thrift store and doing a little more, I think. Yeah, I think it marked when bros and, like, more normie-adjacent people began to feel, per- like, felt like they had permission to explore more alternative interests and participate in more alternative culture, you know? It wasn't so much that, like... Uh, it was like the monoculture became more artsy, you know? Like, I think it before Definitely. those things were stigmatized heavily, especially for bros. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy how, like, even the most normie colleges, like, in South Carolina, I'm sure we can speak to this, but like, schools like USC and Clemson started having these, like, DIY scenes around them. Oh, uh, yeah, they <laughs> and did. And this will always be, like, really big, like, sports state schools, but it's pretty significant that even they didn't go unaffected by like an art school sentiment. Nah, Mm -hmm. they were like, they were small, but mighty in that capacity. Definitely. Okay. So what killed the party? Uh, We have to analyze when the party's over. We should just, we should each take one on maybe. Yeah. We can do it quickly. Okay. okay. So the first one, and this is going to sound a bit like, you know, wokeness killed the party, but like TBH, a lot of these are, pretty like justified um so the first is like the frat party rape epidemic which is definitely real like roofies and just the amount of girls that came forward with the me too movement about like terrible things happening to them at frat parties and the culture of drinking that they encouraged um one moment of this that seems kind of significant is the columbia mattress girl she carried a mattress around that 
she got raped on and it was her senior thesis but that definitely brought up the whole conversation about like how like all of that gets handled on big college campuses yeah also at the same time there was i guess it's almost like a resurgence in roofie paranoia because xanax have become such a popular party drug especially at these big state schools that are kind of the center of brodom at this time and there also started to be a bit of like a sensitivity around fentanyl and that being something that was not only not only was xanax a problem but now there's fentanyl potentially being in and these downers and honestly yeah you know you would just see girls like zanned out of their minds walking around these college campuses like on a game day or something for like kind of like no reason it's not a great state to be in like a party yeah yeah i think it reduces your judgment and creates um kind of exactly the perfect environment for like the bacchanalic like violence of the frat party that we all have the image of this is also when you could still get bars of xanax so you could get like massive fucking xanax which i think kind of became less of a thing and now if you are prescribed xanax it's like in a a smaller pill form that's yeah, crazy. being barred out. Being barred out. Oh my god, I haven't even heard that word in so long. Yeah. Yeah, I think like uh, another thing listed here, which is definitely a contributor to the death of bro culture, was like the cultural appropriation conversation. There was a, obviously a huge moment in culture and news stories where offensive frat party themes were being reported on, and it was very much like a BuzzFeed news article type thing like it was a very widely shared headline like the Cinco de Mayo party and in the south these parties got like really messed up because it was like like blackface parties that sort of thing um and yeah generally like frat parties they're obsessed with like a crazy theme where you have to dress up as something I think it's just like if you're partying to that extent like everything this is just an explanation for the themes thing but like if you're really partying like all the time you have to add some variety to it yeah during a theme that doesn't excuse like racism or whatever I know, it's like it. sometimes they were um, running out of ideas maybe also like i feel like when you're partying all the time and this is also gets into like so many other aspects of it like the world becomes kind of like this like carnival-esque joke to you you know what i mean like i can only imagine like from like pov a frat guy like walking through life during his college years like, it must be, like, nothing is taken seriously and everything is just, like, iron ironed out. And, like, you can't even take yourself seriously. It's just kind of, like, this, like, weird, messed up, like, carnival where, like, you're just, like, partying all the time, you know? Yeah. And I think also, like, they leaned into it pretty heavily, like, the stereotype of, like, oh, God, I heard a term the other day was, like, big, dumb, big, dumb something. It's, like, I feel like being a douchebag. Also, there's such a clear hierarchy of fraternities and sororities on a campus that it's, like you know, you understand your social worth, right? Mm -hmm. There's also that kind of ongoing occurrence, which is fraternities and sororities having outings where they wear, like, antebellum dress, which has a lot of connotations with, like, slavery and the Civil War. It's the point where, actually, it was a huge issue with The Bachelor a couple seasons ago, where the final pick, her name is Rachel, she wore like an antebellum dress and it was a huge huge issue um and in, in the yeah, press being like a, a former greek life person is such like a pr minefield for if you're trying to it's do so, yeah. anything in your future it's kind of crazy yeah there is a real like um 
Also, a huge part of college campuses trying to crack down on like the internet being damaging to people's future job prospects was back when like you would get in trouble if like you posted photos of yourself with alcohol on Facebook and like the yeah. university would get involved and people would like edit them out and stuff. And I guess you can't really, you still can't really do that if you're in a sorority or frat. I don't think universities get involved. Yeah, it's just um the board of whatever frat you're in or sorority. Yeah. Okay, the next one that is one of the pillars of collegiate party culture that disappeared or got cracked down on was hazing, which is, I don't know, there was like a huge string of hazing deaths, which is obviously really tragic. There's also this Nick Jonas movie called Goat that was about hazing being really bad. But like hazing is actually so bad. Like I recently heard a testimony from a friend about hazing and it's like, legitimately so much worse than I could have ever imagined like Abu Ghraib type human rights violations and it's insane to think that like thousands of young people have endured this and are now just like not only functioning members of society but like they're also normal people you would think that it would make you really dark but yeah it's like far more dark-sided and Dionysian than any art school or dark academia Balenciaga gate thing I've ever heard in my life like yeah, so that's that's kind of one of the other things, too, that you were saying, Sam, like how partying makes everything else seem like a joke. Like, I can't imagine going through some of those, like, atrocities and then just, like, going to, like, an intro to stats class the next day yeah. and being, like, having to do icebreakers, you know, it makes everything yeah. seem like... Um, well, to be fair, I don't know if hazing was always... the Hazing has always been a practice in fraternities, but I don't know if it was always that extreme. I'll tell another anecdote of my like crackerjack father but like um <laughs> like from his crackerjack like 1960s or 50s or whatever days is like he was also hazed when he joined a fraternity in at Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas. And the way he described it and I can't really tell you the exact details cuz I don't remember them, but it was some weird thing where it was like they were given a chicken for like a week and they had to like keep it alive while doing all of these like weird laborious tasks of like kind of like going through like obstacle courses with the chicken and stuff um which didn't really seem like that bad I was like that is hella goofy (laughs) so I feel like if hazing was just like you having to keep a chicken alive for a week like it would be totally fine and everyone would vibe with it you know what I mean but like I just don't think it was like that like the modern hazing thing you know I can attest to this my dad also was in a fraternity uh a bit later than your dad but um he the like hazing tactic was that they basically drove them up the highest mountain in South Carolina, which isn't that high. Just so you know. um, and it's like it's not like it's not like K two, but it's, and they like um left them up there, didn't tell them where they were, and were like, oh, you have to like get down or something, and like drove away. So you can just walk down. <laughs> yeah, they just made them go on a hike. Like, the, like. but I, I, I guess it was like in the middle of the night, so it was probably like quite oh, scary. Yeah. No phone flashlight. Yeah. No, no, exactly. I, I was, I was like, so you didn't have a phone flashlight. <laughs> um, and so uh, you know, I think they were. I, I really feel like their idea of hazing was like putting a blindfold on someone and spinning them around the room yeah. and being like, <laughs> like, like, lol, like you're so dizzy or something. <laughs> Yeah. Like I think it was no. it used to not be so bad, I think. Um I it used to be like dunce cap, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dunce cap vibes. I mean we I don't know. I, I'm sure it got merch. dark. That would be so cute. Oh, oh my god. Wait, Alexi, I'm so down for that. Like I think that would be amazing. Wait, I, I feel like 
it needs to not look like a KKK. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, we're already yeah. running into controversies with this. Um, I know. Brocat is really like it's a sensitivity test. Yeah. To see if you can it execute is. it without um, creating without being a you know, yeah. But my sister's freshman year of school, there was a boy in her class. There was a hazing death. There was like a, a huge, huge hazing death, and it was so sad, and it was never brought to justice ever. And um. He was, uh, like, the leader of the pledge group, which for context, especially for non, I guess, U.S. listeners, you basically, when you are selected to join a fraternity, you enter something called a pledge class, which means you're, like, the first, um, like, basically rank of the fraternity, and you're basically, like, their employee for the entire mm-hmm. year. And they were on a run, and they, like, apparently, at, in the middle of the night, dangled him over this bridge that had like a river underneath of it and um he died and they like they covered it up and it was so sad but this is all to say like hazing is like literally egregious like it's so bad and it's so sad and oftentimes like it does never get brought to justice because there is this like Broy group mentality it's like a trauma bond yeah trauma bonds the thing that i learned is that like this is how these guys get so close like it's a bit hard to understand from the outside because it's just like it does seem a bit stupid and you're just like what is going on between you people but it is like a trauma bond yeah you feel a stronger allegiance and something else okay this might since you mentioned like abu jarab or whatever and like just war crime of hazing like i do think it's interesting like all of the hazing tactics take like that were extreme taking place like during the war on terror or whatever and then like that being such an influential part of like the psychology of American society. Yeah, kids probably saw like pictures of uh, Guantanamo Bay and got like inspired. Yeah. No, and then also, yeah, like I think hazing is also just like a really common military tactic, you know? Like you get hazed in the military all the time as a means to, yes, strengthen your bond and like break down your identity so that you have like uh, adopt a group identity, you know, and you're more desensitized to like war crimes and and like the violent stuff that you're gonna witness in war. But like in fraternities, like <laughs> I don't know what the like actual use is. Like I think people just want to make friends whenever they're in fraternities. It's actually crazy that you're right, Sam. This was during the yeah. the war on terror, and we all just we all just came to know a lot about you know torture techniques at this time. Like, there was, you know, so many movies that involved this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, the word waterboarding became, like, a commonly used term. And I feel like when they killed Osama bin Laden, that, like, struck into the heart of every boy in America. Yeah. Yeah, everyone was really happy about that. and it definitely- Everyone was like, I'm a Navy SEAL, you know? Yeah. I think I was too young yeah. to, like, understand. Like, when that happened, I was like, oh... Yay! But like, I didn't like, I like didn't fully understand the gra- gravity of like how that was like an important moment in history. But well, I guess no, yeah, he twenty eleven. No, I was old enough. I, I don't know why I didn't care. <laughs> uh, I definitely thought it was a moment, at least because I was like really libtarded. So I was like, oh my god, wait, I probably shouldn't say that. It's okay. I was, uh, <laughs> I was really um, liberal and obsessed with Obama, and um, I was just like, wait, this is a huge win for yeah. Obama. Like, it just felt like solidified his legacy i think we can all say in retrospect it like appears to be the high point of his of his administration yeah you know that's like what people look back on they're like oh well he caught um another thing is that parties like this and the social ecosystem of like college friends already parties 
are really kind of rigid about gender and sexuality. It's a kind of like all boy, all girl thing where it's like really sexually dimorphic where like it really functions best. I don't know if I can say best, but like efficiently if everyone is like straight and cisgender. Um, like, I don't know. I guess there are like queer frats, right? I mean, I guess nowadays. Yeah, I mean, really I know a lot of gay common. guys have been in frats, of course. Um, but I think back then that like was not like talking to my friends that have been in frats, like they would have never had like a gay pledge, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. I think traditionally that division between boy and girl is super essential. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. yeah, like they would, I mean, um, girls get in free, you know, at the frat party. Also, it used to be this thing that it was like, you know you needed a ride so you could give in some random pledges number and this like se- this 17 year old boy would like come pick you up in a jeep and have to drive you like anywhere and he didn't even know you like it was just oh, like some amazing. pledge <laughs> and they just did it you know yeah. all night long they were on the fucking clock i would be so mad if i paid like expensive like <laughs> large stu- school tuition and i just like found out my son was just like a janitor like for most like you know what i mean for like a bunch of like snotness like but then that janitor goes on to bully the next year's janitor you know yep yeah, um, okay yeah every serious. there were a lot of these themes that i'm thinking of that are like ceos and office hoes or like aliens and astronauts where like bikers and babes you know where like every, the boys have one thing and the girls have another thing yeah and the last thing is that I feel like there's an increased stigma about pick meism and just generally, like, I think overall people became more chic. Mm-hmm. I think also another watershed moment was when hard seltzer was invented and re- replaced beer in a sense. Like, I don't know, something about like being a girl at a frat party, I think it's just like so deeply uncool. Now, not only is it unsafe, like a high risk endeavor, but it's also just like you don't want to be that girl necessarily anymore yeah i think especially since the modern bra girl is probably best encapsulated by alex cooper from color daddy like she is the Mm -hmm. sorority girl that would have gone and probably did go to like a lot of frat parties in college but nowadays like i think more normie like sorority girls are like ew men and like don't want to like like they're like men are like so stupid and then like they're all really obsessed with the the share thing of like mom i am a rich man (laughs) i think it's just like often these frat parties it is so animalistic yeah it's just like men truly just hunting down women you can't wear anything nice like if you wear anything to a frat party it's gonna get completely destroyed yeah it's such a sweaty and so everyone has to it was such a big thing to have like one pair of like beater shoes that you'd wear to a frat party it's just like not very chic I just think like America needs kind of like pagan mass rituals, like like the running of the bulls in Spain or something like that. Because then we just like created ourselves. That's literally like a frat I mean? party. Yeah. There's also this concept of being like a frat sweetheart. I wonder if they still yes. do that. But like girls get roasted on social media for it because it's just like okay, you're literally like the weird mom wife to a group of boys. It's like actually seems pretty embarrassing. But I think it was like quite coveted position back in the day to be like oh like girls are too much drama like I'm just friends with all these boys he and they all love me but they all make fun of me and like yeah I I don't think a cool self-respecting girl would do that anymore possibly it's also interesting like there's certain alignments of like sororities and fraternities who interact with each other they're paired Mm -hmm. off a lot and the rise of chicness is also interesting because 
for me, it was a major moment when these girls at like University of Georgia, USC started wearing a lot of like free people. Mm-hmm. Because I do think there's just a, a breakdown of like regionalistic fashion, basically. Oh, yeah, that makes me so sad. I mean, it's kind of coming mm-hmm. back now, but. Um. Yeah, but even like when we were exposed to frat culture, it was already happening because mm-hmm. I think even like 10 years prior, they were all wearing like Lily Pulitzer and stuff. Yeah. And that was just not the case when we were there. Like, I think the prep was way more defined and essential than it was when we were exposed to it. Yeah. Let's talk about, since we were on the topic of bro girls, um, I was kind of thinking a lot about comedy in relation to, like, early 2000s and then mid-2000s bro culture and the impact that, like, the concept of comedy had on that. Because I was just thinking of, like, who bro girl icons are. I'm thinking of, like, Mila Kunis, Olivia Munn. Megan Fox was kind of one, but she didn't have exactly the same vibe as like Mila Kunis did like it just seemed like Megan Fox is more of like an accessory instead of someone that's going to like drink beer and eat pizza or whatever I feel like Megan was also she was like not chill like she was never chill she was always kind of like fighting against like people's depiction of her versus Mila was always kind of riding the wave yeah exactly and I think yeah like there was just like a huge backlash against that I think um it was happening for kind of a while but I think it really ended with Uh, the cool girl monologue in Gone Girl, you know, because that was, like, the cool girl monologue was obviously just about the bro girl, Um, which is, like, I've always felt kind of sad whenever I see bro girls because I think they're just, like, really lonely people that don't necessarily know how to, like, belong or, like, be themselves, and so they sort of emulate men, you know, and, like, their behaviors to feel included. Like, I, I do actually kind of wish we didn't hate on them so much and, like, approach them with some understanding and maybe reached out a hand to them and tried to include include them into girl world That's more true. you know yeah it's also I, I do understand how someone could become that way it's like it is really easy to become traumatized by a friendship with a woman oh, that like goes wrong especially if you're like in a friend group and like retreat to men for safety but I don't know like everyone seriously deserves the the true joy of female friendship I mean it's like everything yeah I agree but you know these college environments are so competitive for women often like mm-hmm. a lot of times yeah. I mean um Alexa your sister went to college of Charleston where the gender ratio is there's a ton more women than there are men so there's like this yeah. feeling that you need to be like not only working towards these kind of like strict beauty standards that are very southern but you have to, like, go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have lady riz. You definitely do. And it's, like, a social minefield for sure. Like, if, with these, like, party situations, like, social life just becomes so messy because, like, everyone has fucked everyone else. And, like, you have to know who's off limits and who mm-hmm. isn't. And just, like, it's kind of a nightmare situation. And I th- also think, like, what we're getting at by talking about, like, women who were big during this time is that, like, they were kind of less ways to be considered hot so it was easier for, I guess, guys to be like, okay, she's less hot than this other person. Like, well, uniqueness wasn't valued as much. Yeah, that's, like, what I was really thinking about whenever um, I was thinking about, like, the monoculture of bro as society, I guess. This is very pre-internet or early internet where there were just, like, way less ways of even being cool, you know, and belonging to a group. And now it's very pre-packaged. And I feel like it's really lost on young people where it's, like, you can – 
just algorithmically find yourself in a tribe of people that have common interests with you. But back then, like you could not cultivate individual interests. Like it was just like TV and like blockbuster yeah, movies. Yeah, the coolest thing you could do is like college radio, probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that was like, and it wasn't even cool. Like what was considered cool was like bro culture. Like you were kind of alienated as like an alternative person, you know? And as the internet started like taking hold and like thrift shop culture i guess i don't know like macklemore came came to the scene and ended all of this so against their show. like no i actually love that song I, I listened to it the other day and i was like this song is like really fun and good yeah. wait uh, we should okay we should maybe take an interlude to talk about the epidemic that was like joke mm. music and how important it was to bro okay. culture we have um, to introduce it with i love college by asher rob uh, in 2008 yes. That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we Which will it. lead into another interlude about song. the rise of I'm Schmacked. <laughs> because they did tape yeah. it. They did tape it. And and Oof. the Lonely Island, I want to mention. Because they actually did binge. I binge oh, watched yeah. like all of their videos the other day. And it was just such a like, <gasps> yeah, they really had such a hold on the culture. And had like comedy merch was such a thing in like Target and walmart and stuff i remember like i'm on a boat t-shirts yeah. were sold in like every store that sold t-shirts like a boss like that was just a song by lonely island and now everybody that's just like part of the yeah. social linguistics of it was the first phase of things going viral yeah i think so things that went viral like everyone understood them and then they would like appear everywhere yeah that was i think i have a whole like thing about that but we should get into that after we talk about like comedy and like i'm kind um, of obsessed with Mm-hmm. Um, I love college the song. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I also love Jordan Belfort. That song is really good. Can we talk about? Okay, so where, where, where are the boys who made Jordan Belfort? Where are they from? Can we do a quick check? My friend, I don't know where they're from, but okay, I'll, I'll check. I'll, I'll run the stats on that. But my friend was telling me that they performed at Duke while she was there. And, like, had this whole set of, like, annoying-ass music. And, like, people were throwing bottles at them and being like, play Jordan Belfort, <laughs> <laughs> which is sad. Okay. He's a vinyl DJ now. Wes Walker is a vinyl DJ now. Um, His bio just says creator oh of goodness. Jordan Belfort. Well, okay. Well, I just wanted to say, like, Asher Roth is from Pennsylvania. And I feel like that really, really matters. Wait. Wes Walker is also from Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. I knew he has Pennsylvania physiognomy. I watched yeah. the Jordan Belfort music video today and I was like, yeah, they're like skinny ass white boys with like d- under eye circles. He also has songs called Side Bitch, Nose Job, Gold Wrist, and Young Godfather. Mm. What a beautiful catalog, Wes Walker. We should have yeah, one. I'd, I'd like Wait, that. also Sherub, I feel like, was a bit of a joke band yeah. too. And the Chainsmokers started out kind of jokey with their song yeah, Selfie. Yeah, that is true. A lot of people like came on the scene with like a viral joke song and then would like make something. A well, bit this more has like such serious. precedent with like earlier bro stuff because I do think there was like two phases of bro media where like the first phase was like when the bros were the main character of the movies and like the concepts and stuff where it's like, dude, where's my car? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and then like the second phase was like nerds were the main character. And I'm thinking of like white and nerdy by like um, mm-hmm. Weird Al Yankovic, like super bad that type of thing like yeah like those are like the two weird phases i think you know Wes walker performed at babies like last month what yeah what? He, he <laughs> DJ set. i wonder if he played jordan belford he did he did he he says in all of his advertisements for his 
Sad to says performing platinum hit Jordan Belfort. Oh my god. Okay, I will be attending his next set. Yeah. I would I will I hope he goes on a European tour. Um God, he plays babies a lot actually. Wait, what? He's like he's doing a residency at babies. I guess yeah, I guess. Okay, so wow. yeah, the the aspect of Pennsylvania is really important here because Penn State is there and something about this era is so it it's so connected to these huge state schools that have like thousands and thousands of students. Because that's how you truly get a fucking rager going, I think. Like yeah. that is a necessary ingredient. It's just like lots of bodies. Otherwise mm-hmm. you can get a little too dark yeah. academia if you're at like fucking Oberlin. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, eventually someone's gonna run out into the woods. Um yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's almost like there becomes this, it's, you know, uh, the campus becomes like a city, basically. So it's like the pledges are like the Uber drivers. Definitely. And there's, you know, there's all these systems in place. Um, yeah, it also is kind of like you need that quad vibe because obviously like this behavior needs to be, it needs to be contained. It needs to be contained. You have to have, you need to be able to like stumble drunk across a safe-ish plot of land we should yeah, also mention what's the worst that happens you can just like fall asleep on a lawn like well really bad yeah. things can happen speaking of yeah, um, that- <laughs> you uh penn state sandusky that definitely put a big fucking damper on giant state school culture in my opinion what are you talking oh, about sandusky yeah i forgot my about God, this, yes so- yeah. He's the college this? football coach at oh, Penn State yeah, who yeah. molested all of the children he coached. Yeah. Um yeah. that Joe I Paterno. think Yeah, Joe Paterno. Yes, I feel like there was a lot of big collegiate scandals during this time that Well, there is just like a feral well, when you're talking about like the ma- the scale of these like big state universities and them being kind of there's something, you know, it's like very like little boxes or whatever, right? Where it, it, there is sort of like a set path in your life. Um, the people that go there and that go to fraternities and stuff, I'm sure that that was like what was planned from their birth, you know? Like since before they were even like born, their parents probably were like, my kid is going to be part of this fraternity, you know? And when your life is that like planned out and you do follow those paths, like you don't really need to use a lot of brain power to kind of like engage with like, you know, you can kind of be like, I don't know like robotic you know and really conform to things and I think like the more robotic like and kind of brain off mode people are the more animalistic like they can become yeah. you know the tribal mindset that kicks in on like your first day of college when you like don't know that many people it really yeah. reverts you to like caveman thinking yeah it's also like with campus life you know, even at Columbia, there are tons of people who would just never leave campus. Yeah. Like when you have the opportunity to get all of your food, you know, the coffee shop, all the things you need in a central place, you don't really have to leave. That's kind of like the meme of like the sororities, right? Like you always see like, um, I don't know, there was like that one viral video about like cults and sororities or whatever. And it's like how to join a cult or whatever. And then it's like, that's like way too easy of comparisons. So yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like superimposed with like all the, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it is like interesting just in general to have like a contained population. It is like a very like Lord of the Flies type thing, right? A contained population. Yeah, it's literally Stanford prison. Literally, yeah. Though. Like I think a contained population of like young testosterone filled men and kind of like uh, n- naive but eager to uh, party girls is like a very, it can be crazy. It's a Molotov cocktail. Something I want to talk about is the linguistics of 
Bros because I think it's such an – Lexi, you have like a whole thing about this and I think it's so interesting because that's like maybe something I remember the most about this in terms of the impact it had on culture. Like there was not only a specific language that bros used, there was also like a cadence and I always think about this. Like the cadence of the way that bros spoke was like literally the cadence of Will Ferrell jokes or Jonah Hill jokes and that sort of kind of like uh, – I don't know, hyper ironic, very deep voice type, I don't know, yeah. like deadpan humor, you know? I honestly think what what made this not funny is like Cody Co. you know, like that generation of Viners who like oh, made yeah. fun of bro stuff so much, but yeah, they did. he was also very obviously a bro. Like I'm pretty sure he went to Duke. He and- went to Duke. Yeah, he was on the yeah. swimming team. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I just think about him and I despise that guy so much he just does that like annoying like bro voice that i feel like mm-hmm. everyone like in middle school is really into doing yeah um don't tase me bro don't tase moment. me bro oh yeah. yeah there's a really good article on the oxford dictionaries blog from like 2013 about the rise of the portman bro and when i saw this i was like oh my god this is amazing like this episode is literally like a portman bro moment mm-hmm. um but it talks about like all of these different words that came out of this period like bro grammar it was like a bro programmer um <laughs> what are the other ones sorry wait, i'm like losing all of them um bromance was a really big one brohemian yeah, um bro Bohemian's good love that <laughs> i do like brohemian i wish yeah. i knew some more brohemians brofit is like a bro prof bra profit brobituary that's a good one um I feel like a big one was brosive Oh yeah, Brosev. Yeah, I true. forgot about Brosev. Oh, dude, I'm gonna start saying that. Brosev was like that was like just said every day. You know, that wasn't like that wasn't a special occasion word. That was just yeah. every day. It's every day, bro. Uh, I feel like yeah, college students used to be a lot more creative with their language. I th- maybe that just happens on college campuses. Because when I was talking to my frat friend, she was like talking about all of these um different terms for things that they would do and say. Um, but I don't know. It seems like because of the internet, like Gen Z slang is literally just like AAVE or like stuff that gay people make up. <laughs> yeah, and, true. And white white people need to like step it up with like coming up with terms. I think. Yeah, I liked the Ryan this other article that mentions Ryan Lotke, who I used to have such a huge crush on because he was like the first male on a Vogue cover. What um, really? Yeah, he was the first man what? on a Vogue cover. Yeah. That is- Strange. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And like, I was an avid Vogue reader back when I was like a teenager, and that's how I found out about him because I was like, oh my god, he must be like so like intellectual and interesting because he's like on the Vogue cover. And I remember he was just like the biggest bro, and he was like Ja, like J E A H Ja, yeah. Um, yeah, that's another piece that is we're gonna link is this one on NPR about they make this like quadruple venn diagram of the four categories of bro and it has so many people in it that i'm just like wow these this is like really portrait of a time Mm -hmm. so the four corners are jockish which has tim tebow doodly andy samberg preppy which is army hammer lol like who even was he in 2013 (laughs) well he was he was he was in he was in the social network. And so oh, I feel like yeah. that was. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was the twins. Um, and then Stonerish, which is James Franco. And Ryan Lochte is in the center of all of them, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to Ryan Lochte? Well, he got. He actually had a really tough time. Despite being the second most awarded Olympian, I think, 
he got um, in trouble for doping. And oh, you're kidding. No, I'm so serious. Yeah. And he, like, lost a lot of sponsorships and money. He, like, lives in an apartment now and has no savings. No. Ryan. That is literally the death of the bros. Like That's really what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, he really got washed down the toilet. But I think I'm sure he's fine. Like, <laughs> I also the don't think he was, I don't think it was serious doping. I think, oh, he just had his third child two he days had, ago. He had a, yeah, he had a baby, yeah. Mama Mia. Okay. Um, he's doing good, he's doing fine. If he has a baby, then he has something to live for, you know. And his wife is gorgeous. She's beautiful. He has a beautiful family. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of the great viral Olympians where his behavior mm-hmm. was kind of immediately picked up online during the olympics and parodied i feel like there's like snl skits about it mm-hmm. damn he really was so hot yeah i mean compared to michael phelps like like yeah. you know they're like in a, they're, they're operating in different leagues of and the fact that he had bleached hair for a while is just like quite fratty like did he do that for like a challenge or um, it probably was like some sort of like challenge or, or drinking game like failure that he did. Um, look at the Vogue cover he was on though. Like he has like the most fresh face, like all American look. Like it's like crazy how American this guy looks. Like I have something to say, which is that he is from Rochester, and guess who else is from Rochester? Jenna Marbles. Okay, and Jenna Marbles. Jenna Marbles. Yeah. She to me is a really important part of Brocat. So let's just talk about it. She yeah. is kind of part of the canon. She first kind of started her YouTube channel with this mega viral video in 2010. You're If you're over the age of like 19, I feel like you've probably seen it. It's called How to Trick People into Thinking You're Good Looking, um, which was just like a two minute and 30 second video. And this was a mega viral video on YouTube. But did you guys know that at the time she was also a barstool employee? Mm. yes okay well i i also knew that too (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but i didn't know that she actually wrote for their women's blog which is called stool lala um and she was also kind of she was hitting a lot of points here on like kind of the bro cut uh roster she was a bartender she was dancing at clubs she was working at tanning beds and alexi um you in our notes pointed out that this style feels very east coast in origin Mm -hmm. and like i said she's also from rochester she went to boston university got her master's in sports psychology and counseling which is very like the the path that you take out of your sorority it's i can't think of anything like further away from like me and my life than someone who goes to school and like there's so many people that study sports broadcasting and like yeah like kinesiology or something yeah Yeah, sports physician stuff physical therapy as well Big, like big, sports big. is such a big thing, yeah. Huge, major. It's like, yeah, sports psychology is like, a, wow, wow. What the fuck is the psychology? Like, what is? And that do about? you count? You, you counsel athletes. You're like, I yeah. get it, bro. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is such an interesting, yeah, because the way it, it, I don't know. I think bro culture was really like machine based. It was so interesting because it was so militaristic. Even like the way that sports operate is so militaristic. You know, it really is so like primal. And I do think they're closer to like our original like humanity and like the basis of our human nature than like the average person in society. I, I do too. You yeah. know what I mean? 
it, it's kind of a tragedy that they I think the machine that goes around sports culture is like isolating to a lot of people but like I'm trying to find the joy in sports again because it really is like damn like it everyone's into it you know we need to make sports more chic this is a part of our brocat mission yeah I think I mean I think that my whole I mean I think this is like a common take but sports are have become too machine-like for people to really identify with them, right? Yeah, there are very few points of entry until unless you've been like into sports for your yeah. whole life. They've also they've fallen so far down on like the leisure scale. So it's like if someone asks you to do something on the weekend, they're probably not they're gonna ask you to like go get coffee. They're not gonna ask you to like play tennis or do mm-hmm. a sport with them, most likely. Yeah, it's it's pe- sports people have become way too good. Like sportsmanship has become a science, and then also um, there is no like regional identity anymore. Like you can't really like root for your team that's from your city because yeah. like, no no like member of that team is actually from your city. Like there's no way of like proxifying like identity war, you know, via sports anymore. Um, except for maybe the Olympics, right? That's like proxy war for yeah, like that's true, you know, but um. And also, speaking of Jenna, I think a lot of sport has just become so such an internal thing about, like, optimizing your body and becoming hotter, which definitely relates mm-hmm. back to, like, sorority girl culture. Um, but I just want to make a final point about Jenna, which is that she was a very – she very much fit the bill of, like, a hot sorority girl and that she was, like, very tan, extremely lean, you know, always wearing bikinis, uh bleach blonde but she also was kind of like the foil of the typical barstool baddie because her whole thing was about being like super hot but like really 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 self-deprecating and like peeling back the layers on what it took to be like a skinny hot tanned blonde girl um which also that was definitely another that was a type of humor back then as well being like a gross girl secretly yeah being like a a gross hot girl. Yeah, that was such a... Tana Mosho was the exact same way as well. Yeah. Well, that was such... Yeah, that, it's like a blonde thing, too. Like, it was always well, blonde. Well, Alex Earle's brought this back to oh, She has. She oh, has. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Alex Cooper got her start... I think she was reposted on a Barstool account. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of how her Instagram started getting some followers. And then, obviously, she ended up having a huge media contract with Barstool. But, yeah, Alex Cooper is, like... I feel like Jenna Marbles, she was almost coming at it from, like, the per- perspective of, like, a performer. Like, she obviously scripted out her videos, um, these little skits that she would do. And now Alex is making that, like, her life is her performance, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a bit tragic, yeah. No, since we're talking about Barstool, I feel like they still haven't paid me yet. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, we forget. We actually have a Barstool girl on the podcast. I know. I'm a Barstool alum- alumni. Everyone should go... <laughs> Have I like, oh. actually talked about this? No. Yeah, I don't think you've should talked just, about it. On the wait, pod. we should just talk about it. Like Barstool is so central to this this episode. Yeah. Um. So long story short, I was on a Barstool Sports reality show in April, I guess. Um. They flew me out to LA, and I was supposed to be living in a house with um ten influencers for a week, but. Because I failed the normie test, I was kicked off first. Like, as soon as I got there, they were like, uh, first challenge, like, you all have to vote for who you want to be kicked off immediately. And, yeah, nearly everyone voted for me, and so I left after, like, 15 minutes. But I will say that I got, like, insight into... First of all, it was, like, a huge media production. Um, was there, like, a big cast and crew? 
the crew was huge yeah and just like the amount of people filming bts the amount of people just like randomly standing around like i guess like film sets are like that also but like everyone what really shocked me was that everyone behind every camera like holding every light holding every microphone was a bro like it is a bro operation from the inside out yeah yeah that makes sense i mean this is like a bro dream and they're all like stoolies. They're all stoolies. That's how they got the job. Like they're fans of Barstool who just like happen to work in media production. I also think, I just want to say that I genuinely feel like film production is still one of the last, like, gr- not last, but one of the greatest like gendered professions still. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get into. This is true. I mean, my my friend, part of the reason why I was on this show is because my friend Ginny works in film and media and she was working on this barstool show and like got booked for the job and like does a lot of work with them but she was like the auditions were still open you should apply and so we made all these like kind of absurd audition videos which maybe i'll post <laughs> on patreon <laughs> they're, they're really they're, funny yeah. they're close to the public but also like in in order to make those i got so drunk like i was like really trying to channel a barstool spirit and then i was like the side of you that comes out when you're in front of a camera and really drunk like it's crazy like when i showed it to people they were like what it was like going on it was perfect i thought the audition video was Um, amazing i think like um it's virality thank you thank you Um, good job on that guys okay it'll go viral i I hope it does yeah (laughs) we should we should submit it Um, we should submit it to barstool like yeah we should the old days (laughs) but didn't you already do that oh yeah no no yeah it's a joke because like in the past it's like if you wanted to get your hot bikini picture on the barstool account you'd have to like submitted to them oh dang yeah. i didn't know that oh, yeah. No, 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 that's yeah. true dang because i do know actually some g- girls that are now influencers because they were posted on the barstool account one of my best friends from high school she was posted on the barstool account and now she's like a like a fitness influencer or mm, whatever yeah well you didn't always have to like submit slash pay them but actually i kind of want to get into the business model behind this the bro media in general yeah Wait, yeah i really want to talk about this yeah i think something really important here is i'm schmacked which is it was a bro bro media empire which was centered around video and it was founded by this guy aria tufanian um in 2011 and basically what they did was they traveled to different universities and made these party anthem music videos that had like topless girls in them, showed the party, showed the local landscape of the campus. Um, and they kind of acted as like party advertisement for the school. Um, and they were pretty big. They also had this, I guess what you would call like, they almost like franchised their brand out basically. So it would be like, yeah every university be like i'm smacked clemson i'm smacked ohio state and it went down to like very small schools as well um when that would be the place where you know hot girls would be reposted or party clips so they actually got like canceled in 2019 in a piece by the new york times which is called thousands of college kids paid to work for a viral party kingpin what could go wrong by taylor lorenz um Wait, that was by Taylor Lorenz? You're kidding. Yeah. yeah. And so it basically asserted that the Aria, the founder, recruited tons of undergrads to essentially like make free content of parties and kind of did things like promise them 
experience and online marketing exchange. But I think what was the real thing was like he made people pay to become the school's quote I'm Schmacked ambassador, which basically means you ran the I'm Schmacked Ohio State um Instagram accounts. And apparently he was also like a major bully. Also, side note, I was actually an acquaintance of his brothers, who was like he lives in New York and he's a very feminine fashion photographer actually really aria lives in new york i've I've been following him on tiktok for a minute he like came back and i found him when he had like 500 followers i saw his videos as well he has a new business venture it's so annoying it's essentially like getting reservations for hard restaurants but it's like oh he just seems like such a douchebag like i can't get over it wait is he the one doing that is it the um fucking it's not Dorcia. Oh, because, no, okay, no, yeah, no. it's already being done, yeah, but Dorcia, he's doing it like yeah. in a more annoying and cringe way. <clears throat> yeah. If you go on his page, like his cadence of talking, like I'm addicted to it slightly because like I didn't think that people like this existed anymore, but he's like such a dick. Yeah, he also was yeah. like, I think he was 20 when he founded I'm Schmacked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he is a bit of a ha- was he a handsome devil back in the day? Was he a handsome devil? I feel like he was a little bit of a handsome devil back in the day. He kind of has that, like, sleazy... Oh, he's just very slimy to me. I don't know. Right, um, right. Slimy slimy Persian guy vibe. I think you I'm know, allowed to say that. I, yeah. I just... Yeah, there's... I don't I don't think he's that attractive, honestly. Um, you know, he's... He, no, no, I don't think... I'm not... <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to think back on, like, him during his prime, I guess. But... Yeah, this he some, looks like a yeah. Mesopotamian. Like he has a very ancient-looking face. He looks like a he looks like Sumerian <laughs> votive figure. He has Sumerian votive figure eyes. Sumerian votive yeah, figure. Yeah. Dude, you know, hell yeah, true. I also think I'm respect is important though because you know, quoting Taylor, she says this was one of the first widespread digital efforts to capture booze-soaked party culture and package it for the web. I'm schmacked along with companies like Barstool and Total Frat Move, which we actually haven't mentioned yet, uh, grew by turning out content that sold a fantasy of what college life could be like, racking up followers and view counts by the millions. Yeah, and I mean, this was somewhat a part of like the whole admissions machine. Like, I totally. remember people being like, if I want to decide, because honestly, I don't really get how, like, not to keep implying that like normies are different, but like, if you aren't going to a school for something extremely specialized, like, how do you choose what college you're going to? Like, when I hear of people who, like, are randomly from, like, Minnesota and they're like, I need to go to College of Charleston, I'm just like, what? It's like, made you totally think that? based like, off, it's like, completely... delusion. It's like, yeah. you have, like, an idea of a place. I think also a lot of normies do have extremely specialized degrees. Like, they have, like, degrees and they, they're going to school for, like, a specific business or they go to medical school or... I think so, but there for every girl like that, there's, like, 16 girls who are marketing majors. They were, like, gen ed. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But th- I feel like that that's definitely, like, a modern plight. Like, back in the day, like, there were not that many marketing majors. You know what I mean? And I feel like marketing majors were... Like, because there wasn't even that big of a marketing machine as there is today, because now basically everything is marketing. So now there's, like, so many jobs in that industry. But in the past, I think, like, those girls were just, like, nursing majors, you know? Yeah, sports broadcasting was one I remember, like, a lot of. I'm like, there's, like, literally one channel for that. Like, how are so many people majoring in sports broadcasting? Well, that's the thing, too, is I used to have a math teacher in high school, and he used to write for Bleacher Report, and that was, like, such a thing. Like, I think back in the day, there was more avenues and stuff. I just don't get how there could be so much content about sports, like... The game happens. Like, how much can you say about it, guys? We can, we can, we can purchase the I'm Schmacked domain if you want. 
I'm Schmuck yeah, Nymphed alumni. Wait, how much is it? <laughs> We're going to license it from him. Wait, how much is it? Actually, it says it's, it might be taken, but if we pay 51 pounds, we can use a broker to try to buy it for us. So maybe not worth oh. it. No, he's going to make us bid like really high. Yeah. I just stopped talking shit about him because he seems like he has a lot of time on his hands. And like, yeah, he's still raging on about the New York Times thing and like has personal beef I, with Taylor Lawrence. Th- yeah, so. that was his whole thing is that he like sued publications for libel and stuff like that. Using Peter Thiel's lawyer. Wait, you're kidding. Okay, so yeah, he is. No, I'm so serious. He's, he's around he's, then. Okay. He's definitely around. Yeah. He's definitely thinking about us right now. Um, anyway, so the point of this is to say, yeah, it became... Their Twitter bio says a new way to scout colleges. And when I was watching some I'm Smacked videos today, as an adult woman does, um, I saw lots of comments that were like, oh, like this video, like that was my final decision on like applying to the school. The like, I'm totally applying there and stuff like that. I cannot <laughs> relate to being that type of person. Like I just I, like actually don't know what the fuck is going on in their head. Just because I saw a video of someone like falling through a table, like I don't get it. And they saw, like, a girl with, like, mildly perky breasts. Well, she could be anywhere. I mean, I kind of did that when I went to Hampshire College briefly. But I only applied there. There was, like, a highly specialized reason why I wanted to go there. You went for the breasts? I went, yeah. I went, you went I saw, for the perky yeah, breasts in Hampshire. Breasts in Hampshire College. Yeah, the armpit <laughs> hair. Yeah, no. Um, the armpit hair. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Yeah, one day I will reveal, like, my Hampshire College trauma. But not today. It's a lot. It's so much, guys. Did you guys watch I'm Smacked videos back then? Like, were you familiar with the the media? Yeah, I've I've seen them around. I think I don't know. I just wasn't really something I was very engaged with, like bro broy stuff. I think by the time that they came around, I was like too old to really like engage with them in a way that was aspirational. I think maybe if I was like in the sixth or seventh grade, the I would have really been <laughs> interested. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is like when I remember, like sixth or seventh grade, I rem- is that when I remember actually being into like broy culture stuff. Because- yeah, like wearing a snapback type of yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah, and it was also just like middle school humor. Like I'd watch like Lonely Island videos and think they were super funny. I was like, his dick is in a box. Like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's like some people are stuck in that in that mindset forever. I will say that the Lonely Island is very good, and their video of Julian Casablanca's boombox. I watched it recently, and it was really inspiring oh yeah wait i really want to get into virality and bro culture this is like something i think since we're on the subject of like uh i'm schmacked and stuff and like just bro media on the internet i have this like whole thesis that like bro culture really did invent the modern internet and this is like literally true because if you think about it you know um mark zuckerberg invented facebook as a means to like be broy and get laid, you know, that's or like, as like a as like facts. a bro. That is so yeah, like back, Sam. Yeah, literally, like, and and so I have like a, I, ha- oh. I have like a whole. <laughs> no, he literally did do this, and that is like the broy thing was like the social network. They were just like bros, you know. And I think like genuinely, bros invented like the modern system of virality, and this is why I think it still exists in like the barstool format. I think there is a natural relationship between voyeurism and violence, and early internet stuff that was being shared and going viral was literally just like fail videos that were really really popular with bros and like if you go to like a sports bar or something they're just gonna be like playing like that on tv yeah. at all times 
Yeah, like ridiculousness. Um, I don't know. Early stuff like uh, and it, like I remember Kimbo Slice videos were really popular when I was in middle school. Um, Do you guys know what college humor is? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah that I mean that was you know founded in 1999 holy shit so yeah they were like early adapters like you said i mean there's of... also like such a precedent for media and humor and like colleges even pre-internet like the whole harvard lampoon thing was like pretty widely circulated college students be funny you know they be funny they be they be making jokes together and they have the time they have the time, they have the time. Yeah. and sometimes Sometimes you just you sometimes you make sometimes you make Vampire Weekend and sometimes you make I'm Schmacked. Oh, which way, modern college student? Yeah. No, I mean I do think that is such a thing where there is like a very successful people that made a shit ton of money off of like a joke in college. That is such a thing. But I do think the structure of the internet started with bros sharing specific jokes online. Alexi even mentioned just like the Lonely Island becoming like the first viral thing, you know, and like um. It kind of started as, you know, I do think like people had criticisms of like fail videos because they were like, this is like low key violent, like people falling and like hurting themselves isn't funny. Like, why are you guys laughing at this? Right. And now for some reason, like it's kind of accelerated and devolved into content that's like more voyeuristic in its nature. I think there's like a lot of popularity amongst bros with YouTube channels like Soft White Underbelly and even things like All Gas No Breaks and stuff mm, yeah. like it is just kind of like this like voyeuristic engagement with people on the fringes like it started out with fail clips and it just like funneled into the fringes and like the strange bizarre parts of society and there's this sort of sensationalist like um Maury Jerry Springer-esque aspect to it like No Jumper being a place where like just like freak people go and just talk about being like a prostitute and like do drugs on air and stuff and just like get in fights but yeah i think uh the even like the model of clickbait was a bro idea you know definitely i i also think it has to like men just figured out how to make businesses behind this faster like i think they yeah, really were just like like women were doing individual content creation often on like i mean the first like really successful I guess female content creators will often like beauty or lifestyle mommy bloggers. Yeah, like do something aspirational. Yeah, versus these guys were like, let's make a board of investors. Um, I think they also were the first to take advantage of the fact that like all of these accounts, like Barstool, Total Frat Move, No Jumper, whatever, they were all very aware of the fact that like you can just take other people's content and put it on your page yeah like they're just the first aggregators like only in recent years they had i think there's been like a legal crackdown where you have to like ask people for permission and like credit them yeah um wait but that's literally like a bully stealing the nerds lunch money and being like shut up and like shoving them in a locker that's like what it yeah it's like (laughs) oh this terrible thing happened to you and you posted a video like i'm gonna post it now (laughs) yeah Yeah. also that was like the one of the big problems with i'm schmacked is that they were really just profiting off of UGC and obviously these kids did not understand like the value of their content I suppose and there really wasn't a market for it at the time in the way that is now but also like there was this feeling of there were so many of these localized barstool slash I'm smacked accounts but if you had something really good it would get like reposted onto the accounts that had like millions of followers so there's like an incentive yeah. about around like kind of showing off your 
your UGC. And I can't imagine how yeah. many like dicey legal cases there must have been if there was like a really embarrassing video of you doing something drunk. Like how many people were DMing these I'm Schmack pages being like, can you please take this down? You know? Mm, yeah, the legal aspect of it. I honestly don't know the answer. Like as to what is Yeah, that? well, Aryan was obviously mm-hmm. very cutthroat about it. So I doubt like anything got <laughs> taken down. He's probably going to serve us papers. So uh, he's literally so like that kid who's like, it's a free country, you know? Where do you guys see like the rise of TikTok's like vo- Vox Pop videos fitting into this? Because I have noticed the rise of specifically like really broy dudes on a boardwalk at a beach interviewing really drunk girls being like can mm-hmm. i kiss you that kind of thing Dude, that I'm has so yeah. bummed because i went to the jersey shore and there was not a man on the street tiktoker in sight no yeah, that's i was like was i feel it? like i'm in one of these videos but like where is the youtuber yeah there needs to be kind of a, a man on the street at every like at venice beach or something every mm-hmm. single time that you go to like a touristy location mm-hmm. i think it is voyeurism of new sensa- sensationalist bro media where they are just obsessed with people like man on the street videos are just like the new type of like jerry springer you know what mm-hmm. i mean just for like young people um because i think it is still like the same spirit of the bro that is just kind of like desensitized and carnivalesque and has like this like weird engagement with the outside world you know yeah um, and i feel like they also they always want to embarrass women that's like such a big yeah. part of it Um, It's like humbling women or... Yeah, Yeah, that is really a classic form of media content. It's just so like... I don't know, there's just... It's... I don't want to call it simple-minded, but it's, like, the only reaction you can have to content like this is, like, oh, shit, or, like, bro, that's crazy. Like, it's the same as going to a really wild party. It's, like, there's not much to be said except, like, oh, like, or that's gonna hurt, or, like, just these cartoonish reactions to things that, like, I don't know how much of that you can have. But also my dad is so like this. Like, he's always sending me videos of someone, like, falling off a boat or something, and I'm just, like, I try to do the reaction, but I'm just, like, how... Like, I can't do it anymore. Is that sad? I don't know. Yeah. Some people have, like, a higher tolerance for it, I think. Sometimes I get in moods for for it, though. Sometimes I am, like... It's, like, once a year or something, I'll be, like, in the mood to watch, like, a fail video compilation. It's usually when I'm, like, really hungover or something, you know? Ridiculousness was always on TV. Like, it was always on TV. So I think I overdosed on on it um, yeah, at an early I never, age. Yeah, I, I never really could watch Ridiculousness. Like, I think... Chanel West Coast is such, like, a lady bro. She's an OG lady bro, for sure. Yeah, but this is this is just such a type of, like, bro media. It's, like, reaction stuff where oh, it, yeah. it is just so... And this is another thing, too, that I was thinking about. And I was having a conversation with Harry, I think, said this, but he was just kind of like, yeah, it's funny that, like, bros invented the internet as, like, a literal, like, I don't know, as, like, a bro-y joke or whatever, but, like, the <laughs> thing that, like, damaged their society and their, like, attempts to kind of take control of the world or whatever was, like, literally social media making bros problematic. You know, it was, like, the same self-destructive tendency that, like, you see at these bacchanalic frat frat parties, you know? It's true. I just think there is something so, like, essentially self-destructive about the bro. It's almost beautiful, you know what I mean? Like, very poetic. Like... I'm trying to think of something like implosion, imbrosion. No, implosion is implosion is a sad word. It's a sensitive subject today. Yeah. Um, Also, I just want to say that Aria's brother has like shot multiple interview covers and stuff, and I'm just like, the dichotomy of this family is crazy. Yeah, I know which Um, which side I'm on. (laughs) 
That's such mm-hmm. a thing, though. I do think they're always in, like, these families, like, historically bro-y families, there is always, like, that one brother that's in the fashion industry. I've seen this multiple times. Like, I... I'm literally the brother in question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally the brother in question as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just such a thing. It's sort of support group for children of bro-y families. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. There's um, a joke there about, like, broken homes, but I don't know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like we come from a bro broken home yeah um okay wait i want to talk about lady bros because biz you mentioned this briefly with uh jenna marbles the lady bro to bro girl transition so in the npr piece that does like a bro taxonomy they mention melissa mccarthy's character in bridesmaids which came out in 2011 and how she came to epitomize the cultural figure of the lady bro I'd also argue that Fat Amy and Pitch Perfect, which was 2012, and also notably a movie about like a college campus, was a similar <laughs> yeah. figure. Also, Amy Schumer was really big in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was definitely this like archetype of hefty women that were funny and also very sexually explicit. Um, and not to be too much of a blue-haired feminist about it, but yeah, it's like. The media literally tried to turn these women that were like deemed unfuckable by the strict beauty standards of the time into laughing stocks by imbuing them with these like raunchy masculine characteristics, like being hard drinking. Like they basically have the personality of a frat bro in like a in the body of a chunky white lady. Yeah. In the body of a goddess. In the body yeah. of, of Venus of Urbino. <laughs> of Willendorf? Venus of Willendorf, yeah. I've Googled Lady Bro and like it's just like a men's fedora company. That's the only thing that's coming up. So I just wanted to see. Yeah, so that the term isn't out anywhere. But also yeah. so, there are social media figures like Brittany Broski. Yes. I think it's also today's Lady Bro. Yeah. Oh, you should also talk about Brianna Chicken Fry since you were um Oh yeah. Her. Up close and personal. Yeah, you, Brianna Chicken Fry. Did she threw shade at you. I don't like her now. I don't know. Wait, when did that Wait, what did she say? When she was like, bye, Alexi, like on the TV show. I was like, I was uh, like, bitch, fuck well, you, dude. Oh, yeah. That's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be fair, I was, I was like, that's very, that's very I was like, thank you, Sam. You would have like thrown a drink at her. I know, um, I really would have. Like, no, I, I mean, Brianna, I think is like actually a bit of a tragic figure to me. I like interviewed with her before I went on the show. Like I had like a Zoom call with her and she was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if she's okay. Yeah, she doesn't seem okay. I mean, she's definitely an alcoholic, and that's how she got famous, was literally being yeah. extremely alcoholic, like, very concerning tendencies, you know? And I think she's, like, on the cusp of a rebrand. Like, she got a nose job and also, like, started wearing ribbons in her hair and stuff. So I think she's, like, trying to be cool a little bit, but yeah. I'm just, like, I don't know. She does have a lot of, like, female fans. Yeah, my sister keeps up with her for some reason, but... um. She has definitely filled a void that Alex Cooper left when Call Her Daddy started being, like, a respectable interview-based show. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Like, and she's also from because... Boston, which is, like... Oh, yeah, the Boston thing. Boston, it... yeah. Boston is, like, the bro headquarters of the Why world. does she have, like, a thousand-yard stare? Brianna Chicken she does. does. does she yeah, that? she has, like, yeah, a very striking... She she's, like, the striking face filter on it tiktok i don't know if y'all seen that <laughs> but like, that's just not her whole face just her eyes you know what i mean like something about it is very striking i think there is something that must be like really weird about being elected to be like the female representative of this male empire yeah. of stoolies also it must be so much pressure to be blackout all the time and then also to be like i eat fried chicken like that feels yeah, and be skinny yeah and like 
and be so skinny. Because she definitely, like, I feel feel this, like, very intimidated energy from her. Like, she feels very intimidated when she's doing – like, I was watching her interview with Theo Vaughn. And it just really seemed like she she has a lot of, like, nervousness and, I think, insecurity that she hasn't been able to mask well, you know? Because I think it, it must be so difficult to be in that environment, you know? Just, like, as a modern woman, like, I just don't think Barstool is made for women at all, even if there is a Barstool women thing. And, like, I don't know. People can enjoy it and engage with it. But I just think, like, girls, yeah. girls need their own little thing. Um, there actually used to be a female version of Barstool, like, not even a subsidiary called four betches oh betches love this oh yeah that my friend was telling me about um and now they've turned into like a not jezebel but like some type of like uh, i don't know like real like girl media company but it used to be like a really cunty like sorority like all of their posts had this like uh somewhat what's that like burn book tone that's like listen up betches like (laughs) you're not gonna fucking believe (laughs) listen up ugly sluts like it used to be like that but now they post articles about like sexual wellness and like how to <laughs> like get a doctor's appointment at the gynecologist oh it's really strange that's so, funny. Oh, so that's what we have uh, uh god bless her uh, okay her what else um um i i, I just okay Oh, wait, frat hire. Stop. Oh, frat hire, yeah. Wait, can we talk can we talk about a plat- one more platform? Yeah. Can we talk about the chive? Can we talk oh, about the, the chive? chive? I literally yeah. don't know what that okay, is. Okay, that's why Okay, I, so I yeah. no, I can explain. I can explain okay. because I have a personal connection to the okay. chive. <laughs> so <laughs> basically the ch- the chive was like it was like literally whatever these platforms were, like on steroids. It's literally like bro memes and then like I just, I mean, I just logged on, and the first thing I see is an article called "Beautiful, Brilliant Butts Over Backs: Thirty Six Photos." What? Um, and it was like lots of hot girls. It's basically a hot girl aggregate website, alongside like really silly, as in like unfunny memes for the most okay, part. Okay, but also it's it's that, that and, whenever I was talking about like the, those sports bars that play um, like fail vi- fail videos and fail clips over and over again, that's Chive TV. Like, they, for some reason, have, like, yeah. a TV channel only for bars that just plays, like, fail clips, like, over and over again. I think they were one of the first... I feel like a lot of, like, OnlyFans girls do a lot of their, kind of, I guess, marketing on Reddit now, so they'll post, in, like, these adult Reddit threads, but I think back then, <laughs> girls would submit to places like the Chive, mm-hmm. because the Chive was, like, pre these instagram accounts it's such like an old form of internet usage like i can't imagine like not knowing how to find hot girls on your own it was very community oriented (laughs) and then also my good friend's sister started working there and then she started dating the founder and then like she like entered this like this phase of her life that was she was a chivette yeah it's called chivette so this is like literally broke yes this is literally broke head as no yes yeah but this is actually super raunchy. Like, this is truly raunchy. This is – Barstool is, like, a lot classier than this, I think. Like, this is truly okay, – no, is... These are, like, these are like semi-pornographic Yeah, images. exactly. Like, guys, I wrote something about raunchiness that I think is really important. Okay. Okay, like so that. obviously sle- sleaze is, like, a big thing in this moment with indie sleaze. But I think we're moving from a period of sleaze to raunch. Yeah. And I think sleaze carries with it a connotation of not only like a level of coolness, but also discretion. Like when you think about people who are sleazy, they kind of operate in the shadows, like Randall from Monsters Inc. style, but it's also kind of like more threatening and intimate and 
interpersonal. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Sleaze is a bit scary. But I think Raunch, however, has a bit of convivial charm to it. It's more comedic. It also seems more historically grounded, like old school tavern vibe, Mm -hmm. like slinging beer and like cheeky sexual innuendos in the candlelight style. So I think that's how we can make this, make the transition. If, if you're interested in getting into being a brocat, you could become more raunchy and less sleazy. Yeah. To be honest, this makes a lot of sense to me because Blowcat is obviously so Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. and Lana's whole ethos is like sleazy, sleazy men. They're not raunchy men. Yeah, they're not. It's not a raunchy lifestyle. Lana could never have a golden retriever boyfriend. That's true. <laughs> well, the mm. thing is, is that this is raunchiness. I think is such an American like concept. Do you know what I mean? And I also Brits think, can like, get raunchy, don't you think? Brits can get raunchy, but I think like this specific like brocat brand of raunch is like the raunchiest raunch there is. And I think a lot of like the bro movies and stuff um that were really popular back in the day are kind of behind are very American. Yeah, they're they're kind of also behind the reason why I think a lot of Europeans and just foreigners think Americans are like really stupid and crass, you know? Yeah, like American Pie era, yeah. American Pie era movies, Dude, Where's My Car? Like anything, because it is just like the type of raunchiness does even take it too far for like even the raunchiest of Brits, you know? I think it can be really like just gross out humor, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't think Brits, like they definitely, you know, they're cheeky and they say disturbing things sometimes. (laughs) But I just think, I just think that... The British media, in my opinion, is ultimately controlled by, like, the intelligentsia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they're always, like, making, like, puns all the time. Yeah. And, like, America is a land of the free. So it's, like, you can just be making inappropriate jokes without, you know, having to abide by this code of British wit that goes back, like, thousands of years. I guess that's true, Yeah um but do you guys think else? you're you're raunchy we, okay we need to finish off with talking about fashion because we are a fashion podcast okay yeah okay um, so let's let's look at let's paint a picture here okay let's paint a picture so on the toes what do we got what do we got on the toes lexi i would say sperry's or other boat shoes are definitely critical mm-hmm. but yeah you can also get a little bit if you if you're going to a frat party and you need to wear your beaters some classic white converse can't go wrong maybe some low top vans i don't know yeah vans can be a little bit oh yeah you got to get the nike elite socks as well which i'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of um they have to be pulled up to like mid-calf yeah pulled all the way of. up I, and i think you know if you're tight tight if you're a alt girl you already have some knee socks in your closet so get get some nike versions <laughs> And just yank those babies up. Like, yeah. I feel like the girls want them to be slouchy. No, they're going to be skin tight. Yeah. Compression style. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love a good compression garment. I always wear my compression arm warmers, which I feel like, you know, basketball players and like, it's like a real athlete vibe. Yeah. I also think it's like, a, it used to be such a thing where girls would wear our knee braces. The knee brace. Yeah, yeah. And that was like literally yeah. an accessory. Like, you cannot convince me that all those girls had true knee injuries. Like, I think they were doing it to like, because it was kind of like a I used I used to have to wear like compression tape on my knee for reasons and um 
I did think I thought it looks cool. Yeah. I like honestly changed my right, life. We should I, start doing I, PT tape as an accessory. Like I honestly yes. don't really get how that shit works, but I think it's very cool. It's very then. it's very Grimes esque. Like the way that it looked, it was like these like X's on my knees. Uh, I felt so good about myself when I had that yeah. stuff on. It's quite Avatar. <laughs> yeah. I felt so empowered. Everyone knew I was an athlete. They all knew I was an athlete. I think also, I think it could be a really cute accessory if girls started wearing like eye black. Like, um. <gasps> that is so cute. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh my like, God. But, like it, with yes. outfits and stuff, like eye black is kind of a cute way to accentuate no, your high no, cheeks. No, you watch know? this space. Girls are going to go from doing selfies with like the skincare under eye patches to doing fucking eye black. Eye black, yeah. And also, it's like such a migration of like the indie smoky eye downwards so true. Yeah. yeah it's so sensible there's something it's a bit like anime about it like it's like those anime symbols mm-hmm. that like appear on your face when you're sad yeah i was thinking about like the, yeah. whenever back in the day the internet e-girls or whatever would like put a bunch of like freckles and really really red cheeks and stuff um on their mm-hmm. nose and and like the balls of their cheeks and stuff and i think it could accentuate your your yeah. uh buoyant face in a similar manner but yeah, because it's, like, there's been all these different eras of, like, cheek accentuation. What The first was, like, highlight on fleek, and then it was, like, e-girl blush. Now we're in this, like, devastating period of what has been coined, like, the sunken face yeah. by the makeup artist Grace Ellington. But I think, you know, let's put some respect on the cheeks still. Yeah, let's I agree. Keep going. Wait, question. It's also- question. Go ahead. Uh, is it chic for girls to coquette up Jordans, or is that brocat or no? What do you guys oh, think? Oh hell yeah, oh, I yeah. think that's very chic. And also, there's yeah, I think the ones that say air on the side, it's embarrassing. I don't know what they're called, but you know they have the big like air <laughs> letters. I feel like I've seen fashion girls wearing those, and also like the Isabel Marat sneaker wedges. I think there's a way to brocat that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially if you've got them with some socks. Yeah, more basketbally shoes for sure. Um, Throw some ribbons in your Jordans. Yeah, that is super cute. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that there is a fashion precedent for, like, when I was working on the Pinterest board, like, there are so many 2010s photo shoots that are, like, American football, but make it fierce. Like, girl wearing the, like, padding and eye black and having, like, big, messy bird's nest hair. Um, you guys must know that my one of my favorite photos oh, I know you're gonna talk about time is Teen Vogue Carly Kloss the um, the high school football themed photo shoot. Um, it is my actual passion. Yeah, yeah you posted it on Instagram, shoot. right? Yeah, I did. I'll put it on the Pinterest as well. It like it. Oh, I could write more. I could say more. Whew. Yeah. Anyway, okay, oh, so other... I, wait. Can I can I read something I said? Yeah. And this actually, this little writing I did about this. So, basically, Carly's wearing a lot of like sequins and spikes on this football field, and I said something about how with indie sleeves, there's like there's some sort of like primitive uh, human attraction to sequins and it's like the magpie effect and like spikes and thorns and weapons that really flourish during this this period of fashion like 2010 i think we do miss that and that just reminds me of like the there's something primal once again about that the the black stripes on the face for sure definitely yeah it's also like sports equipment is 
it does like a lacrosse stick literally seems like a weapon like it you do have a warrior thing going on when you're running mm-hmm. around with this stick like that wasn't lacrosse like a native american sport yeah it was that's why it's so all-american because it yeah it was it was mm-hmm. like literally it was invented by og americans wow yeah there's like a really really this there's a couple really old lacrosse sticks in my mom's house and they're <gasps> that is such a cool thing to have they're like vintage they're like made out of wood Oh yeah, and it's like a tribal leather, game played by nets. Eastern Eastern Woodlands Native Americans and some Plains Indians. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, I, so it's even like I feel like you don't come from like a, a lacrosse place sound. Um, like we have, no, we don't really have lacrosse. It's too hot to play yeah, certain sports it's here, too hot. Um, yeah. and we also don't have like I don't know. I feel like lacrosse is like green grass core. There's no green grass in Texas. It's all just like dead brown grass. So we play football in the heat um because that's really really primal and you can release your heat induced anger baseball okay also baseball shit like i really like pinstriped like baseball themed things right now like i've been really obsessed with it since i went to the cubs game um i do have to mm. say take me out to the ball game like that type of (gasps) vintage americana Mm -hmm. it does have a place in my heart but i will say for for fashion like a baseball jersey is good oh well this is one of my other predictions okay so of course on this list we have things that are like actual bros would wear like oxford cloth button down baseball hat polo shirt baggy shorts basketball jersey muscle tees anything that has some kind of big all caps spirit lettering whether it be repping your frat with greek letters or you know your college or favorite vacation spot but my prediction and there's a lot of this on the board is like I was looking at pictures of all of this vintage American football garb and it's like these padded knee length shorts with like the lace up detail Perfect. and like all of this very interesting padding and corsetry that I think could really give you Wait. a super cool BBL effect. Oh my God. You're so correct. We should pull up this. the Pinterest. That, that's also in the Carly photo shoot as well. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Um, I think Perla, uh, sold or styled Suki Waterhouse oh, yeah, and the wearing a pair basketball of, shorts. Yeah, and they were they felt like that a bit. Definitely. Didn't Perla also wear eye black recently? I feel like I saw her wearing eye black. <sighs> I don't know if I'm making this up, but um she is she is kind of broquette. Like, you know what I mean? She has like broquette tendencies, I think. Um I agree. Yeah, yeah she's our broquette. Yeah. We'll tag her in the Icon. the We'll link her in the bio so that people know who we're I definitely feel like about. I've seen her wearing just like a big jersey with no pants and like sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I feel that's like I book. have seen her. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think I just wanted to mention that there was also a bit of a brocette undercurrent to 2010s, like Sceny New York City fashion. V Files had a sub label, I guess, called V Files Sports Plus, and they had this iconic basketball jersey that was like pre-layered onto a gray t-shirt that said girl power on it and it was heavily editorialized and a lot of celebs wore it and my best friend had one and I borrowed it and I really want to buy another one like it's kind of amazing um opening ceremony I also consider to be pretty brocat um they famously had a lot of varsity jackets that they designed um track suits they also did a collab with Lacoste that I was a really big fan of and Mark by Mark Jacobs also did a lot of jerseys. Um, but today, there's one designer. Are you guys familiar with ERL? No, actually. Yeah, I was supposed to interview him for something. <gasps> You're kidding. Wait, that's amazing. Um, I know. It's I, should the... not, I should have. Um... Well, 
Go on, go on. I, yeah, go on. It's the eponymous brand of Eli Russell Lynette, who is a fashion designer. And this is linked somewhere on the board if you guys want to look at it um, under the bullet point today. If you want to click there. But also on the board, if you like scroll down a little bit, like you can see where they all are. It's like a, they're all these like pictures with a white background. Yeah, I've, I've seen mm-hmm. the... Um, but these are like the most brocat thing I've ever seen and basically his like earlier collections from fall 2021 to fall 2022 feature a ton of sportswear a ton of like niche athletic gear in a quite twinky and homoerotic way but also just like it's so good um and so so good the colors are so good too I'm really obsessed um and He's from the West Coast. I think he's from California. So eventually through the seasons, like it got a little bit more like skatery and then grunge inspired. And then now it's like a little streetwear-ish and more alt. But the early seasons to me are like so peak fashion brocat. Um, Vogue read about his spring 2022 collection and said, cross-dimensional hitchhiking, making the way to California and a romantic blowing in the wind journey across all parts of America were two ways Lynette's described his spring 2022 mood. He's taken his surfer boys and plopped them in a pickup truck, scanning through the hayfields and mountainsides of mid-America with pit stops at prom and football matches along the way. And this also reminds me of the, like, Ethel Kane American teenager video where she's wearing, like, a cheerleading outfit. Cheerleader stuff, though, is, like, that's already been happening in, like, an American apparel way, but, um, yeah, cheerleader, GF, football, BF, I mean, that is, like, the image of Americana. There's also such a twee thing about varsity jackets, you know, like something so yeah, like, yeah. The rookie mag, like vintage mm-hmm. rookie mag, did a lot of like vintage fifties American cheerleader um, photo shoots. I was gonna say that um, ERL is the creative director of Guess USA now. Oh, really? Um, as of like American eight, brand. Uh, six months ago, and yeah, I think it really suits his trajectory dealing with this kind of a. Uh, American varsity look. Yeah, there are a lot of. I implore everyone to look at our Pinterest board if you have never done that before. Um, there are a lot of like runway moments. Tom Ford did a bit of a sequin jersey thing. Alexander Wang took some inspiration from football silhouettes. Um, yeah, Alexander Wang really did. He did. He also used yeah. so much like gray jersey material, and also the like big thick stripes on the sleeve, which also is like a really 2010 streetwear thing in general. Just like jerseys, I guess. Um, this board has a lot of stuff on it. Um, I'm like decorated beer pong right now. Yeah, like like I heart nerds t-shirts feels very brocat because I feel like that was like a very sorority girl thing to do. Um, yeah, Raymundo Langlois we talked about in the episode with yeah. um Liam, but it's also a very like cool kids gone wild like popular Abercrombie inspired thing. Um, what else? Yeah, I guess we were talking about this um before the episode started, but it seems like there's been like a because of the media and like a lot of narratives in fictional media, like a contempt for popular people and you know getting revenge on jocks and hating cheerleaders type thing. But I think we're gonna come into a period of like glorifying that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because, I don't know, it's not really cool to be, I don't know, we're just like, 
losers have been reigning supreme (laughs) for a bit too long and it's like the people who write these narratives are outcasts in high school and so um i don't know they (laughs) okay something else fashion related is that like i'm looking on the pinterest right now and like it keeps recommending me like all these like varsity hand stitched like pants and stuff that like people just add like little decals and stuff in the like 1950s would just like decal their stuff with the imagery of yeah. their university. And Bodhi has done recreations of this for their latest collection. I've been seeing it everywhere. Like Bodhi has really been on this um, for some I reason. Yeah, I think it is. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. Menswear is really just like owning the Amer- Americana aesthetics. Like I'm really jealous of men because I'm just like, I wish that we had like a more Americana aesthetic for We can do a vintage, yeah. vintage sportswear was so gay also. Like we also know the thing of like, shorts just being a lot shorter um yeah gay guys these days love to wear like short vintage adidas yeah there's some great gay aesthetics in this it could be very camp for um for the gay guys to start dressing brocat um you know tom cruise is such a brocat mm-hmm. icon the movie animal house which is like an og mm, frat yeah, he is content which yeah. national lampoon i guess made animal house so yeah, National Lampoon in general is so. Yeah, we didn't even. God, there's like such an. There's like another layer of bro cut where it's like pre, like our lifetime bro culture where you can get into like 1950s to like 1980s and stuff. Yeah, like that and that that like yeah. I don't know, just like jokiness. Oh, I wish we could do a whole other episode on that because that'd be really interesting to research. Um, but okay, so anything else? Um. Well, on on the. On the reading list, uh, there's a guy named Tucker Max who pioneered the genre known as fratire, which is like frat satire. Uh, His book was called I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. And then he also had another book called Assholes Finish First. And I just think it's really funny because he was like the OG, like autofiction writer. um, And he published a lot of stuff on his blog about his sex life and partying on the eponymous tuckermax.com so it's kind of crazy like a total normie bro is like the first alt-lit autofiction writer when you think about it who's like overly confessional um and the new york times wrote a really good article in 2006 about fratire called dude here's my book (laughs) he was one of like he was kind of like um a pre-joe rogan figure yeah in terms of People were like, there's this asshole guy on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing his book and like looking at the cover as a kid and being like, beer? Hell? Like, what is this? Yeah. yeah he also went to Duke. He went to freaking Duke. Yeah. That is crazy. I think it's also the same thing we wow. talked about on the Liam episode where like that article that was talking about the book, he was just talking about how men really liked it because it provided like a lot of like guidance and a lot of college guys would read it as an aspirational thing. And I do think there's just like an eternal marketplace for men to receive mentorship like that is such an intense part of like masculine culture you know male aspirational content is like reign supreme like at all times (gasps) wait i just Mm -hmm. realized delicious tacos is the new tucker max you that's so true yeah we we should say no more yeah (laughs) (laughs) um would you rather do we have time for that let's do like two there's so this is a rich topic there's a wealth of of material here would you rather be hazed um (gasps) (laughs) um would you rather be hazed by um 
with would you rather be who who would you yeah who would you rather haze you ryan lotke tim tebow oh. um or jenna marbles i don't know um, um probably ryan yeah i feel that like tim has that dog in him in like a different yeah. way jenna women can be so mm-hmm. evil also, like, Ryan Lockie kind of seems a little dumb, so I feel like he wouldn't be able to, like, figure out how to haze you in the most evil way possible. Like, he seems like, like someone who would, like... calling him Ryan Lockie? How do you, how do you yeah. pronounce that name, dude? You know, y'all know him. Lockte. 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 Yeah. Well. But I like the idea that he's, like, a little fried potato, um... Lockie. Lockie. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, it's just the caffeine crush, and I'm I'm famously ESL, so. I yeah, I think I want him to haze me, and I think we could bleach our hair together because that's something I've been thinking about doing. Yeah. Mm. What about you? Said yeah, you said Ryan. So it's a whole. Ryan I think Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Ryan. his idea that would be like yeah, shoving a pie in your face. Um, like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like it would be <laughs> some vodkas, yeah, yeah, like maybe putting a banana peel on the floor for you to slip on. Like that's like <laughs> yeah. what, what he. Would I think do. He, like, you know I don't know. Tbh, I'm kind of scared because he's like a swimmer that it might involve he would drown you oh my god like, that would be worse the floor of a pool or something. <laughs> <laughs> another broke up movie yeah, is like... swim fan oh my god have you guys seen that movie it's like a dark oh my god broke oh, yeah. up movie no. about a girl who's no, obsessed no, with the swimmer like a call like Wait, a high I'm school actually, famous i'm swimmer. actually so shocked about the idea of being changed <laughs> to the bottom of a pool but he's so like it. i feel like he has such a sunny disposition that like you would get out and he'd be like choking up water and he'd be like bro that was so fun <laughs> <laughs> no, no he'd be like good job yeah good job yeah. and then he would take yeah. you to his waffle house maybe yeah. that is oh, true god okay Phew. yeah i feel like tim tebow um, is was... like actually a very dark person like something about yeah. him just you know there's just like something scary about like football people who seem a bit too concussed like i don't think he's capable of empathy and things like he that. is also he's just like more of a career athlete yeah ryan ever was because ryan got you know it just seems so much cooler to be an Olympian. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit less commercial. Like, you do your thing and then you're free to join the ranks of society a little bit. Also, Tim weighs 255 pounds. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. You gotta be too something to do something. I learned that phrase. <laughs> I learned that phrase this week. <laughs> dude. I'm fucking taking that from you. That is a really good one. That is genius. Also, he was also homeschooled, which is like, you know, he oh, was that homeschool rage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the homeschool <laughs> rage. You know, he was, you definitely, you're getting beat. You're getting oh, beat yeah. for the most part. Um, okay. So. Okay. Wait, I have another one. Okay. Okay. Go on. Okay, would you rather be confined to a lifetime of running a I'm Schmacked page for the city in which you currently live or oh, no. be confined to making a podcast with Barstool affiliates such as Brianna Chicken Fry? Such as you? Such as me as well, yeah. which you're confined to yeah. do anyway. Yeah, we're, we're just so. going to do that. So, yeah, I'll just do the podcast thing. Also, yeah, I am not about to, like, age into being, like, continue going to college parties. Like, that is, like, hell yeah. on earth. Like, there I'll- seriously is nothing sadder than, like, an aged party party bro. Yeah. 
Like, well, they just become like promoters, bro motors. I'm gonna start calling them that. Bro motor uh, sounds like bra bro motor. Okay, so yeah, I guess like I don't even remember what the question. You're not was, gonna run. I'm Schmack but- London. I'm schmacked made available. I would totally run it. I would, I, I, you know, I'm really trying to get people to act different here. <laughs> and I really want them to, I'm schmacked at the pub. Great idea. Oh yeah. Total pub, wait, total I, pub moves. That could be a thing. Yeah. That's so cute. That is like so that. cute. I mean, there's also, I mean, you know, I guess I would have to put a more American twist on it than like lad Bible. You know, I'd really oh, have to get love creative. Yeah. But um, and I also already know what it's like to podcast with a barstool affiliate. Mm-hmm. We enjoy I'm, it. No, I mean I like I mean the real ones. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's not a you barstool. Could, you, could, you might be on. You might be on like the barstool wiki, like as like you know. I am on the reality show wiki for some reason. Like just the really? one for like reality oh, TV in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Google your makes name sense. Right now. Let me see. Oh, pain. The fucking Barstool video, like, the one that they posted on their TikTok comes up when you look up my name, which is sad, because someone sent it to me recently who I, like, don't know that well. All right. Well, let me see if I have anything up my sleeve. Okay, so would you guys rather be known as a chivette or be known as, like, being the ugliest girl on the barstool account, being the duff for barstool, <laughs> like, like like the duff of like I'm schmacked our barstool, yeah. yeah. Um, Holy shit! Like like people comment on the 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 picture, and be like, why did you guys post her? Honestly, oh my god, I would I would be a duff. Like I can't be a chivette. I'm so I'd be, sorry. I'd be a like, duff. I couldn't be a chivette like, either. Yeah. Wait, so are chivettes like OnlyFans girls? I don't I don't think I like, get yeah, it. Yeah, but I feel like totally... there's like something less respectable about it, even with the chivette thing because i click on it and it looks like i've never heard of it literally looks like pop-ups i mean i didn't hear about it until this was talking about chivette and i googled it or yeah i like found it today but this is this is very disturbing i would never ever want to do this you know oh my god Um, yeah that's what i'm saying like i would take duff all the pictures are so are so professional like i feel like the old barstool babes account like it would be like a cropped picture of a girl in a bikini at the beach but these are like these are literally like spam bots like spam bot profile pictures like the only people that follow us are like scammers trying to use their profile pictures as spam bots what what happened yeah guys they have okay they have they have really um broquette uh merch for chivette it's like collegiate merch that's a crop top it says chivette and then also their instagram bio for chivette official says body positive community we appreciate we appreciate women negativity will get we will blocked uh, more like I we appreciate women sick. with boob jobs. Like yeah. every single. Yeah. I have not seen a pair of real tits on this page since I've scrolled. Um, Phew. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, well, not choosing Chivette. I think I'll be the Duff. I would be the Duff as well. There's something liberating I would, I would about, take it, about the Duff life, you know. It just would be, you know, you could just say that. You say it's not my audience, you mm-hmm. know. You would just say I have other things that I could do. Someone out there will love love. I just that, hate the know? name Chive in general, like Onion. Like, what was like the idea behind naming? I it love Chive. Chives. I'll never be able to look at Chives the same. Bro. Yeah, I know. Like, this is not just you're like Onion Girl or something. You know, I don't know. Onion Girl is an aesthetic that was on TikTok. So yeah, I keep getting 
I keep getting like TikToks of like different food girls. Tomato girl. Tomato yeah. girl, yeah. Mayonnaise girl. I'm like, oh, I can't. I want to get like a custom pennant. Like, you know, those felt pennants from like vintage college shit. And I want one that says my name on it. Yeah. You could probably do that easily on Etsy. They could probably make it custom for you. Um, Need. Yeah. And I want a vintage megaphone. Wait, this is something I posted about like literally a year and a half ago. I was trying to buy a lot of vintage like giant cheerleading megaphones but mm-hmm. it got too expensive I also i'm looking it. at these like vintage football masks and this is yeah this someone could really do something weird with it like it's you know? so fashion i know yeah. well erl yeah. we support you yeah we support any other always blocat fashion or brocat oops <gasps> blocat's over oh. everyone it's over but mm-hmm. brocat since we're an american podcast we officially co-sign when yeah should we stop recording? Yeah. Okay, yes. bye everybody. Okay. We love you. Have a ha- very happy Brocat 4th of July. Um, God bless you. Can't America. wait to see everyone's interpretation. It's going to be amazing. Okay, bye.